Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer, your host, and today I'm joined by Theo Squires. How are we, Theo? Very, very tired after a, yeah. a long day on Saturday. Yeah, Should well, don't worry. Good. This will be a, a very uneventful pod. Sean Bradbury, are you ready for a, a quite boring and... Vanilla pod. Yeah, don't know what yeah. we're going to talk about, to be honest, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. We'll find something. Also joining us is Matt Addison, who Matt, in his spare time, is a referee. Boo! Boo! <laughs> what an awful man. Are you going to apologise? Look into that camera and apologise to everyone. I, I'm afraid I, I can't apologise. There's, there's some things that I will be able to explain and, and other decisions. I think uh, it's fair to say that I won't be. Well, I hopefully Howard Webb will ring me and apologise now for, for, for your mistake right let's get into it Theo you were at Tottenham um on Saturday there is so much to go through um but I mean where do we start Theo I mean I'm meant to be hosting this but I don't really know where to start let's start with the obvious one Lewis Diaz onside giving us offside crazy game Liverpool robbed yeah I'd say so like it happens so early in the game that you don't really know which way it goes if that goal is allowed to stand like we can easily say that goal stands, it's a two-all draw. But then if Liverpool one up at that point when it's um, still nil-nil, yes, they've had a man down, but we've seen them come back strongly when they've had man sent off already this season. They could easily dig in, put in a defensive display that gets them all three points. They get all three points at the top of the table. Like After the results earlier in the day, Liverpool going into this match thinking, we've got a great chance to move top. And they've been robbed of that opportunity by so many decisions in this game. But it's a strange one looking back at that goal. Like you see the through ball and he's clearly onside. It doesn't seem real when you see it disallowed. You think maybe they've got to like properly zoom in or something and then there's something there that we've not seen. But for it to just restart straight away, like Kiefer was uh, in the away end going, what's actually happened there? Because it was just so confusing for everyone. It was so surreal. You look at it and that doesn't seem real. And it's only the more times you see the replay they go, that is a massive mistake. Yeah. What on earth has happened? And then you hear more and more coming out from oh, the officials. It was a lapse of concentration. They thought the goal had been allowed on the pitch. It's, yeah. just, like, it's just a calamity there is. It's an embarrassment. And the club statement last night was spot on, saying it's just completely questioned the integrity of the game, yeah. undermines it completely. And it's like, what, what chance do Liverpool have here? Like, so many decisions we can call up, and I'm sure Matt will come through it in a minute. Yeah. But they just gave them no chance from start to finish. And when it is a goal as that, it's a great move. And Liverpool should be 1-0 up. And for it to just be pulled back straight away, it doesn't feel like a last-minute defeat because of how yeah. surreal all this does. It, just, it wasn't a real game. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 Sean, like, trying to unpick this is, is quite difficult. We know it was the wrong decision. And we now know the incredible series of tweets that Dale Johnson from ESPN put out on, on Saturday night. We now know why that decision, how they came to make that wrong decision. But is 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 it not the most bizarre thing? Is it not that they couldn't have stopped the game at any point? Surely someone in, in the studio, in the VAR studio, would have been going, that's wrong. And I think most bizarre is that they nobody said, right, stop. Honestly, this is the unfathomable thing. Well, we were in the office for it, just to kind of lift back the curtain on, on the echo process for all this. And like, in fairness to, to PG Mall, one thing I'll defend them on is, when there's an incident during a game, and we'll often do this because there are often incidents, whether it's an Everton game, Liverpool game, we'll contact, you know, their, their kind of press team and, the, and their sources and ask for an explanation. Yeah. And they're normally rapid, aren't they? Yeah, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll come back with, okay, it might be the party line, but they'll come back with an explanation that 
will fit within the rules or an interpretation of them and you know we'll, yeah. we'll put that out and it might frustrate some people but it, it is what it is on this occasion it was radio silence and that just became deafening and like once the ball started rolling you just thought this is, there's a serious problem here and you know I think we had a story up on the site with being sport who had drawn the lines and gone he's onside there and then and then all yeah obviously the, the, the Dale Johnson stuff comes out the statement comes out and and even the human error of of the miscommunication, the initial miscommunication, which, you know, it, it sounds like England's gone, check complete, that was a goal, thinking that it was giving us a goal on, on the pitch. I, even that, I can kind of, I can buy that. I think yeah, there's a lot of people yeah. who are sceptical about that and are, and are making kind of, you know, conspiracy shouts. And I always think you look for kind of incompetence first and, and you know, there's a lot you have to go to prove that it's something more than that. But yeah. it is just unbelievable that they didn't then yeah. pull it back. You know, that the whole thing about VAR is... You know, whether we insist on like perfection and we think that that's what it should deliver, it should certainly deliver checks and balances. You know, there's more than one person in that booth. You know, there's an assistant VAR, I think Dan Cook on this occasion. You know, there's a technician as well. I'm sure, you know, Matt, Matt will know more about exactly how the process works. But to not bring it back, even if I know they've, they've hidden behind this idea that once plays restarted, the protocol is you're not meant to do that. I, I think they, they just have to have a way over themselves there and say, this is that this was such an unprecedented thing. Yeah. That that it that it it should have been different, but for, for me, the, the key point around all all of the communication is like, I just don't think it's very professional. It's it's a bit unserious. It's too like chummy and matey. Yeah, like yeah. whenever you hear things back, it's like, oh, Brooksy, mate, you know, I'm going to do this, and you compare it's that. Awful, to, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's mad. Tales, it's like, yeah, you know, like yeah, all yeah. that. Honestly, it's yeah. it's and and I find that compared to cricket, you might say that this is a bit of an unfair comparison because cricket's a a much more broken game and, you know, one big decision that gets reviewed in cricket is is never as big as a big decision in football because mm-hmm. football's defined on, on moments, isn't it? Goals, red cards, what whatever, penalties, whereas, you know, cricket's a longer thing. But whenever they have a review, it's much more technical in its language. It's much more focused. It's yeah. the, the kind of process around it is just is just managed better. And I think that's, that's the first thing that has to change now. They have to just professionalise, make it transparent, allow us to listen to it. Yeah. So not only to humanise the, the, the people who are talking, but to to show they're working out so people can't ask kind of conspiratorial questions rather than just kind of competence questions. But yeah, I, it, it's that it's that, it's that that for me that there, was, that there was the key error. And, you know, I still still can't quite believe yeah. it. What yeah. I don't understand is, right, if they're saying they can't call it back, play's restarted, they still know they've made a mistake. There is nothing stopping them calling play to a stop, going to the manager and saying, this is what's happened. We've made a big mistake. Tottenham, can you just let Liverpool walk it in and then we'll carry on? put it on top, because obviously they had that, was it Leeds-Villa, where Leeds let Villa score, is that right, in the championship? Was it Leeds-Villa? It might have been Brentford. I remember Leeds Leeds let someone score, didn't they? And like you say, they could have gone to the managers and say, okay, Tottenham, Ange, it's up to you. You make the decision now. And then if Tottenham said no, then all right, then that, that, at least they've tried. But Matt, I mean, my question, you <laughs> awful man, is why? And obviously, the rule is that they they can't stop the game after. But if but if 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 it's a serious foul play incident, they would stop the game, wouldn't they? You know, if if we're all playing here and you two are on the ball and and you know I put in a terrible tackle on Theo, potentially really hurt him, the referee can stop the game no matter what's going on and say we need to deal with this. So why aren't the things in place for for something like this for them to stop the game yeah no i i, I agree with you i think on, yeah, on, right, on, okay. on this occasion okay. i think the, um, the uh the the protocol is is there and the protocol is very strict isn't it that's that's the reason why it, it would have been i know it's it's obvious to, to us now to go look it was a massive error you've got to to stop the game you realize it was an error and you go back but that would be both darren england and the on-field referee simon hooper who i think I mean, we, we don't know this, it's a bit speculative, but you can kind of see on yeah, the TV yeah. that it looks like he's pretty much aware as soon as he's blown the whistle. Sorry yeah. sorry to interrupt though, but Liverpool had a throw-in in Tottenham's heart. It's not, I can understand if Tottenham were like on the attack about to score, but at that point when you see him sort of listening yeah. to his, his earpiece, it's Liverpool yeah. with a throw-in in Tottenham's heart. The, the, the argument would be, it would be a big thing for him to go against the protocol yeah. and against his bosses yeah. during that game. You'd respect him if he in, did, though. Of course, yeah. But in, in that moment, under that pressure, he's yeah. not I probably 100% that, yeah. sure at that moment. He, he can't make something you know, against the rules in, in that particular way under that scrutiny and, and all of, of that sort of thing. It, it, would have been, it would have been the right thing to do, but I think it 
it's probably unfair to expect that he should have done that in that moment. Like, yeah. It was an embarrassment for the officials, no matter what unfolds, no matter what happens. But the way they handled it made it the most embarrassing outcome for them possible. It's very similar, I think, to the... There was one where... I think it was an Aston Villa game against Sheffield United, was it? Where the, the goal ball, line technology one. The goal line technology didn't work. The ball went yeah. in and they didn't do it properly yeah. and, and the protocol wasn't followed because they just assumed that the goal line technology would work and, and didn't yeah. check it properly. It, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit yeah. in that, yes, in a perfect world, you would have noticed that and, and rectified it. But actually, you know, in that situation, yeah. it, it's a lot oh. more difficult to do than, than kind but of three that days one, later. It's the technology that's broken. Like yeah. this one was human error communication whatever like we all accept hawkeye goal line technology because it's yes or no it is very black and white uh, var isn't but you still the technology is there for the offsides you know whether it's right or not you can take your time and get the right call the fact that the technology was right and it wasn't implemented properly that that is the big issue there i think that the, the taking your time is is a big thing i know obviously with var since it's come in there's been a lot of things of like oh we, we can't have two or three minute checks and it, it's got to take yeah. less time I think what they've done here is just rush it and go, look, it, it, it's a clear decision. We don't even need to draw the lines. We can see yeah. that he's onside. He thinks that that's the on-field decision, so he says check complete. And it, it, it's just too quick. Yeah. What Sean said before in terms of that protocol, there needs to be a, a more decisive check of, of each thing of, yeah. is that the on-field decision? And until this moment, I don't think anyone really would So you're ever... saying we need a VAR team for the VAR team? <laughs> just, just to clear a process within yeah. that team, the, I think. The language that's used, it's, you know, it's, um, it should be more technical, shouldn't it? And, and, like, and just, just clearer. But what, why? I mean, this is, I mean, we can talk. It's quite difficult, this, because there's so many things to unpick. And I want to talk about Curtis Jones and obviously Liverpool statement, the reaction to that. But, you know, for me, the, the biggest issue with VAR, I've said it all along, Football is subjective. We're trying to we are trying to perfect something that you that is imperfect and never will be. So, you know, but if you're gonna implement VAR, it has to be perfect from the word go. You can't learn from all these errors and just, you know, say, Okay, well that's happened, unlucky, but we'll we'll get this better. I mean, surely this these processes, surely they should have foolproofed these designs and gone, Okay, well what happens if yeah. we make a mistake? What happens if the ball goal line technology doesn't work? What what is the process? Can someone you know? Can someone watching it watching in a studio somewhere say buzz the referee as soon as out and say the the, the ball line the goal line technology hasn't worked. The same with the VAR. I, and and as Sean says, it has to be really professional. And, and I don't think I don't like that people pile in on referees. You know that I think it, I think it's unfair. I hate the conspiracy stuff. That is total nonsense. And people need to get that out of their heads. And and we all talk about refereeing as if it's the easiest thing and I'm sure you know it's the hardest job on that football pitch I'm sure is, is refereeing and, and getting everything right you, you're never going to be able to do that but they don't help themselves when you see all the ex-professionals you know Clattenberg and Mike Dean telling their little chummy stories and their after dinner speeches afterwards you, it doesn't help when the you know we, we go behind the scenes of the refer, referees and they're all like oh Tails likes a Tails likes a drink and he likes a he, you know he, he gets loads in and when, it, when we're on you know, I just think all of that nonsense doesn't help. It has to be so professional. On the, the conspiracy so thing as well, I think they've not helped themselves in that. There's been certain points this season yeah. where Howard Webb has done a TV show with Michael Owen, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Where yeah, he's, yeah. he's done the thing and they, they've come out, but they've picked you know, five incidents or whatever it is and ignored some of the other ones. Yeah. There's no obvious, like, you know, you could quite easily do that same thing, but go through every single incident. It might not have a, a half an hour slot on Sky, for example, but, you know, yeah. why not put that on, on YouTube or whatever yeah. and go through on a Monday every week. They go live on YouTube. They go through, give you the audio, give you everything. Yeah. Because they could do that, for example, later today. Go through the audio, kill this conspiracy that, you know, there's something stacking up against Liverpool, which we yeah. know is, is absolute nonsense. Yeah. But you just clear that straight away. It, it, it's it's kind of similar to the, the radio silence thing before that you mentioned of you know how long it took them to come up with this statement yeah. you can stop that straight away and it, it, it sort of feels like they're not helping themselves at the yeah. moment because it, there's certain things that you can just change yeah. and it just stops it straight away it, 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 sorry just, sure. just what you had to say on that I think it, it needs a whole new culture around it doesn't yeah. it and, and I think that yeah. helps that would help the officials and it might make players look like villains sometimes, but I think if you if you made the whole thing transparent and, and mic'd it all up, and I mean, the, you know, the conversations that happen 
in the VAR room, but also what we did here when when the, the Howard Webb stuff happened, and obviously they, they released the one, didn't they, eventually, of the Van Dyke incident, yeah. the Newcastle one. And you can tell that the ref at least feels like he's under pressure a little bit, and, you know, the players are not quite haranguing him, but they're, they're kind of questioning the decision yeah. and all of that. But you make it up, and, you, you know, and if, if players then are behaving in a way that, isn't right and, and is a bit unfair on the refs, then then we can all hear that as yeah, fans, as people yeah. watching on, and you get to make that kind of judgment. And and this is this is why I'm surprised. Like I remember writing a piece about this. Um, I think it was after the Rodri handball incident, you know, obviously the, the City and Everton one. And there was a couple of other things around that time. Did didn't Diaz get completely taken out by was it the Brighton keeper? And it was actually was a goal, but then nothing happened to the keeper. There, there was a spate of, of of incidents where you thought VAR should have intervened and it hasn't. And like the, the, found an old quote from Mike Dean where he's basically saying we, oh, we we can't make up refs and you know we can't kind of interfere with the inner workings of what happens on the pitch and like you know refs will act in a certain way with players and the way they'll talk to them it's important for their control of the game but I just think all of that is a nonsense we, and yeah, we have I to move so. beyond that you have to change the culture around it make it transparent rather than rather than cloak and dagger because then you take away the questions don't you around well what what's their motivation because I think of, in 100% of the cases, the motivation will be panic or incompetence is a strong way, but, you know, just the pressure they're under. And if you redefine the culture around it and show them to be the humans that they are, yeah. then, you know, people the questions will change. I don't even like the word incompetence, Theo, because I think I think it assumes that, that, that there are better people or that we could do better or, you know, you hear all this nonsense ex-pros. Ex-pros, get an ex-pro in, they'll sort it out. You know, like Jerry Barton going in the studio, he knows what a sending off is, he'll, he'll sort it out. I, all that, I think, is nonsense. But like Sean says, re referees are human, they're going to make mistakes, but the process around them surely has to be better to, to help them and, and for them to help themselves. Yeah, like we don't hear from referees at all. They're able to hide behind these statements when they make mistakes and everything. And it has just got that suspicion around it. It's like, are oh, there agendas? Are oh, there corruption? Mm. It's not. They're just making human errors under pressure. But the pressure is getting more and yeah. more on top. So obviously yeah. they're going to feel the stresses of it. There has to be some way you can help them. Like the quality of officiating does need to be improved. Like we saw, was it the FA? They did this big look at grassroots football mm. and just like, why are there not enough quality English players coming through? And they did this big project over 20 years ago and we're going to win the World Cup however many years down the line because this is what we're going to do. Do it with the officials. Get sure that Make sure they're actually getting better quality training. They are there. They can handle the pressure. Mm -hmm. They've got the, the psychiatric help as well because let's be honest, Darren England and Dan Cook have had a horrible weekend, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're not going to have slept. They're going to yeah. be turning off the phones because they're not yeah. used to they're going to get. Going out on the streets if no. they're recognised. Yeah. There needs to be protection all across the board here. And the technology, maybe they need to be better trained with it. That there needs to be something done to make it easier to implement. I know this is going back way before any last time, way before the Premier League, but it was late 80s. They did mic up the refs. They did mic up the players. And I think it was an Arsenal game. And Tony Adams was absolutely livid at him swearing. And this was back when they didn't like swearing in football, at least in the public eye. And the refs got a bit of support for that one back yeah. then. But it was just a one-game experiment. Yeah. So it's like, well, if we'd had it as part of the game, then there would be more understanding there. You'd see the human side to it. The the Van Dyke instance is interesting, it because obviously we we know he he got fined and suspended for the way he behaved. But again, you get Liverpool fans who will have been sticking up to Van Dyke. But if we'd have mic'd up, I think we'd have known how. I mean, we, you could kind of see it, but we certainly would have known how he behaved, and we'd see how other players behaved every well, week. I respect the, the VAR idea on that as well. The fact that the refs coming out and saying you're gone, you know, you're going to be yeah. gone unless it's an offside. Yeah. Like the fact that like, he's in control of that yeah. situation yeah. completely, and whether you agree with the decision or not, because he's got that authority, you do respect it. Yeah. And go, oh, fair enough, he, he is the professional here. But in football, it always seems to be of we can't do this, we can't do yeah. that. We're sticking to the traditional roots of the game. Like it was ten years ago, we can't have technology, we can't have goal line technology and it was only after Lampard's disallowed goal at the World Cup that it, maybe that would be a good idea it's always looking backwards clinging to these football was developed the technology is there taking away VAR is not the answer improving it is yeah. the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, I, I say, I mean, I, I tweeted the weekend that I wanted it, wanted it gone because I just don't think it, unless it is completely, you're never going to get every decision completely correct, but unless it's completely transparent and really well implemented, I just don't see how it's helping. I think it is making life for referees. So like you say, no one would have known who Downing, no one would have known who the fourth official was at the weekend if it, before VAR. Now it's like everyone knows everyone involved. And Darren England, I, you know, you worry for someone's mental health when he's made a bad, bad mistake. He knows he has. His bosses are angry with him. Fans are angry with him. You know, where does he go for respite? I, I think that this this technology is making it a lot worse. Just moving on a bit, um, Curtis Jones, obviously a decision that, you know, this is before Diaz and splits everyone again. Matt, we'll start with you because we, we had a little chat about this before we came on air, but um, is the frustration with that one, is it, it starts with the still of Curtis Jones seemingly yeah. making, well, clearly making contact? Yeah, and again, that's the, the VAR protocol that has, has sort of led to, to that being the case. I think it's a case of on-field, the referee is given a yellow card and he's described to the VAR, this is what I've seen, that's why I think it was a yellow and not a red. The VAR then, it's his job to say, well, I've seen it back. This is what I've seen. These are the differences between the two things. And that's why he's shown him that screenshot because the difference is he says he's gone over with his studs up and it's therefore endangering an opponent. So the the, the VAR thinks that the reason um, that, that that's best to show him that still is because that's the difference between what you think you've seen and what we've actually yeah. seen on the replay. For me, that, that, that should just not be a thing. I think that the first time that the VAR shows the referee on the field the thing it should just be in full in full context not slowed down i think the only the only time you need a slowed down version on the var screen is if let's say there's four or five players around uh, the ball a lad comes in puts the foot over the ball uh, and, and produces a red card tackle but you can't see at which point he's made the contact there's too many players yeah. around it yeah. it's a bit co- uh, yeah, sort of crowded around the, the ball and you need that clarity to slow down but with the Curtis Jones one that that just wasn't the case you, yeah. you can see the the tackle in full contact uh, in full context that the contact is there but there's no intensity there's no kind of there's no intention on his part that's not necessarily relevant but for me it can go either way it's almost a bit like the Virgil van Dijk one in the sense of I think Liverpool have been unlucky here because either way you could probably make an argument that the referee has made a wrong decision I think if he if he sticks with the yellow there'll be some people that say it should have been a red the same with the van Dijk one there'll be some people that say yeah he got the ball there'll be some people that say it doesn't matter unfortunately for Liverpool it's it's one of like eight 50-50s that has gone yeah you know the opposite way in, in to the offer space some of context on this Jones one. I'm not sure how easy or where you were of it on Sky, but they did show the replay afterwards to the fans when the decisions made yeah. when the red cards yeah. come out, and there was that loud booze, ooh, that wince from the Tottenham yeah. fans. So obviously, all of those of a Tottenham persuasion yeah. think it's the right call, and that's basically what you're saying there. It comes down to what side you fall on. Like us as um, Liverpool reporters, Liverpool fans will think he's been hard done by there. Tottenham fans will say it's a red card. Roles reversed. If it had been Basuma doing that to Jones, we'd all be calling for a red card and they'd be saying, now nah, he's been hard done by that. That was just part of football and the tribalism. But that's bringing it back to the offside when that was clearly the wrong call. That those are the differences here. It's like, if we want the technology to be flawless, but at the same time, we want them to make decisions on the game and it all comes down to interpretation. Like, no matter how many games you watch, how many officials are in, they will make different decisions, whether they're using the technology or not. And we can go through so many decisions here how there's no consistency where you've got players waving imaginary yellow cards and they're not getting booked when McAllister got booked at the start of the season for one. Where... The, the, the throw-in thing, you know, everyone de- um, delaying the, the, the yeah. um, time-wasting, sorry. Is it, that's gone, wasn't it? Yeah, that's completely disappeared. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then like you had, what, Joe Gomez and Van Der Ven. Well, Van Dyke was technically sent off for that yeah. a, a couple of weeks ago. By the way, that, that we'll, we'll come to that, but that, but we'll just we'll come to it. We'll come to it. <laughs> stop, stop jumping in. Stop. <laughs> uh, Pedro Porro, he, he got booked for taking his shirt off to celebrate the winning goal. But how many of those Spurs players went in the crowd? We saw Elliot and Jones book for that against Wolves. 
a couple of weeks ago. There's so many decisions here. We can pull it back to other Liverpool games and go, hang on, we got a book in here. we got a red card here. Where is the consistency? Yeah, just to, just to jump in on, on the Jones one, I think you're, you're spot on. Like, it, you can count himself unlucky. I don't think his initial action was, was worthy of a red, but then it comes down to how much responsibility you think once the once his foot slipped off the ball, and then it's gone high into the man. Is is he responsible for that? Does that make it a red? You, you could argue all day about that, can't you? But I think what Matt said is absolutely spot on. It the, it's all about the way it's framed, then, isn't it? In yeah. terms of what the ref sees when he goes over to the monitor. I, I said this after the McAllister one. If I think if you if you're serious about the game not being re-refereed by VAR, which is you know a phrase that gets thrown out there quite a bit, isn't it? I, I think if it's a red, the ref should automatically yeah. go over to the monitor and. Make the, make a decision on his own decision, and and to to do so, there should probably be minimal input in terms of what he's told by from the VAR booth. But he should see, as Matt says, real time in context replay of it. And I don't think again that there's much context for a slow mo. There's certainly no context for a still to be the first thing he's shown. And then I think with that, if you did that, you'd maybe get over this idea of. It's, it's a boys club, it's someone kind of recommending to their mate that you do or don't do this. If it's the ref themselves reassessing their own decision, I think they might be more likely to overturn it. I absolutely agree. Isn't it one... put more pressure on the refs though too? Because if you've got the VAR and he's not told you why he wants you to go and look at it, you think, oh, I've dropped a clang here. That's going through your mind because they're but human there. Isn't the problem with Jones, and, I, and I, I, I on the whole agree, but the problem would be that's when you've given a red card. It's not, but the yeah. things you missed... Like, so, yeah, for example, the Jones told. one, yeah, yeah. he would have to be told. My, my, yeah, I mean, my issue with it is I think that if you're refing, you're under high, high, high pressure and, and you're refing a game like that, as soon as someone says you might have made a mistake, human nature says you're, you're probably, unless you're a very, very strong character, going to be swayed by someone and or more than one person saying, actually, you know, you might have got this one wrong. And it takes a strong person to go over that camera and go, no, no, I got it right. I'm sticking with it. And again, it's just another thing that I think they are introducing doubt and and making it subjective. I mean, on the Jones one, again, I don't understand, you know, I kept saying, Andrew Towns, on the letter of the law, that's to send it off. So if I run, trip and fall and my foot goes bang on Theo's foot, on the letter of the law, I've hurt Theo. But that doesn't, Ow. you can't just strip away con- context. You know, Diaz jumped for a header earlier in the half, elbowed their guy in the face, obviously didn't mean it, was looking at the ball, his elbows come back because that's how people jump. Elbows someone. You know, you, you don't then go, yeah, but you did make contact, so you are off. You you have to go, how did that happen? It was an accident, you're okay. And with Jones, his foot rolls across the top of the ball. He can't control. You know, he, he basically wins the ball, his foot rolls across, there's a guy there. If there's a guy underneath him, you know, his foot just hits the ground. I just don't understand what was what did the referees expect Jones to do in that situation? He's he's won the ball, his foot rolls across it. It was a yellow card was sufficient, and I don't understand why you would you would you would turn, move that on. And and that is a problem, I think. You're just introducing doubt into the referee's mind every week, and it's happening so often. And I don't I don't it's it's the thing now, isn't it? When referees go to the monitor, how many referees have you seen? It might have happened one time that I can remember that referees go, actually, no, my, my on-field decision will stick yeah. with that. They always overturn. Michael Oliver because did it once, didn't yeah. he? But that's the best yeah. referee, arguably, in the world. Yeah, who, yeah, who, who yeah. took to do that, you can't. Yeah, you know. he was for official, by the way. Yeah. Um, feels like a bit of a waste when you've got um, when you've got others. But yeah, I, I just think it's... Um, Maybe you should turn it's it a difficult around. One. Let the VAR actually have more power. They're the ones who aren't in the the fire pit of yeah. the stadium. They're supposed to be free from that pressure and can just weigh those decisions rather than them going and putting it back on the referee to watch it. You make the decision. You've got the technology. The technology is needed. You can say, well, yeah, we'd probably be disagreeing yeah. with the Curtis Jones one because the VAR would have sent yeah. him off. But at least, at least they'd be making the decision. Yeah. Making the decision I, I, think, I, I think that's important as well in terms of the, the full context. I don't like, personally, I, I don't know how there's a way around this, but I don't like the idea that the VAR will watch the game with no sound, with no commentary, yeah, yeah. with, with nothing. Whereas the referee in real time, he's got the full context of the game. Again, you, you you shouldn't really take into context what the other players' reactions were or what the fans' reactions were. But I think on, on the Curtis Jones one, I know you mentioned before, the fans see the replay and then reacted to it. But no one at the moment that that tackle went in, no one's going... That's a red card. I think Curtis Jones, maybe in his mind, is thinking I might be in trouble here because yeah. he starts saying it's not even a yellow. It's not definitely not yeah, a yellow yeah. to try and yeah. sort of get ahead of that. But I think usually, if there is a bad tackle, 
you can tell pretty much straight yeah. away by the reaction of, yeah. of everyone else, whereas yeah. VAR isn't, obviously, it, it doesn't have that within that context. Yeah. It, it just takes it purely as, as an isolated incident. The fact that we're all having this conversation, though, just to me, again, underlines how difficult it is to introduce VAR to football. You know, there's a million different ways you could look at it. There's a million different, you know, you've just said, let the VAR ref the game. But that that seems extreme, doesn't it? It, it, it To me, I think factual ones and on offside, you know, th- this error, again, I think it, it should be, you know, I think Jackie Oatley said, said today, why don't they say um, check complete goal, you know, yeah. number seven onside. Mm-hmm. So that that is clear exactly what he's saying the check is complete about. But these sorts of things should have been implemented. Why not for factual ones like offsides and, and goal line, you have, you have technology and otherwise you let a referee referee a game and don't introduce several other people. And how many people does it take to referee a game? You've got to accept that that isn't well, isn't going to be six perfect. isn't enough, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked before coming on air, um, Sean, I think you mentioned it actually, so I'll bring it to you. Uh, Ange Postacoglu after the game, I think he's been spun a little bit, but but they basically said to him, what do you think? And he said, I don't like VR. We accepted that, that it wasn't perfect. I don't think we did accept it wasn't perfect, did we? No, and this is why I think you can't, put the genie back in the bottle fully, can you? And, and do away with it, like in, in the sense of just jibbing it completely. Because what happened before was, you know, after virtually every game, uh, this is the thing that people say now, after every game, all we're talking about is, is refereeing errors and, and, and VAR. I, I think to that's a large extent, of us. Well, well, that's it. You know, that, that, that was happening. Well, and yeah, We would have been anyway in this case because... Luis Diaz was flagged yeah, yeah, as being yeah, outside, yeah, yeah. so it would yeah. have been ruled yeah. out anyway. Yeah, although I suppose he then wouldn't have, if they if they raised the flag straight away, like in, in old money rules, he, he wouldn't have put it in the net, would he? But, but I know what you mean. But the other thing I think now, and you've seen this kind of to the nth degree with City and Liverpool, but like, I think you have to, you have to find a way of improving on what we used to have in, in the kind of analogue referee and age, yeah. if you like, because there's so much money in football. You've got teams you can get 90 plus points and one decision literally can define the title race. I know sometimes, you you know, it, it, it's like retrospective, isn't it? At the end of a season, fans will look back and go, well, well, that's the one that cost us. That's not quite how it works. But in, in the sense of Liverpool and City, when you're getting 98, 99 points sometimes, that kind of is how it works. And that's the game now. And, and that's why I think... It, all this, you know, I think tribalism has reared its head since Liverpool put out their statements. On on Saturday, you had fans of all clubs, even, you know, Everton United kind of saying, you know what, Liverpool have been hard done by there. There needs to be consensus around mm. thinking about what we can change now. Well, you know, Liverpool's statement is, is, in my view, for the good of everyone, there was maybe a little bit of hyperbole in it around, you know, we're assessing our options. What realistically can, can they do now in, in that respect? Well, okay, n- nothing that changes the result or the outcome, but the process and, and how things are managed has to, has to be on the agenda going forward. And I think all fans have to get behind that. Yeah, I mean, but you've brought us on to it, Theo, the, the statement, obviously, last night. Um, <laughs> yeah, no ads. Um, so I got got that, read it on my phone, put it away, put my phone away. Didn't And I didn't look at social media the rest of the night, so I didn't realise there was this, then this complete meltdown until this morning when I woke up and saw Doily tweet about tribalism. And I thought, where's that come from? But yeah, I mean, what did, what did you initially make a Liverpool statement? Like, Sean, do you think it was fair enough? Do you think... There was a bit of hyperbole in there, or, or, or you know, there's a lot of people seeming to suggest that they were asking for a replay. I just didn't read it like that. Yeah, I don't read. There's any suggestion of a replay. Like they'll know you're talking about integrity of the game. You kind of have to respect the result yeah. at the same time. It's been, it's gone. You have to stomach yeah. it. But that doesn't mean they can't want better in the game going forward. Like I wrote in a piece yesterday that this decision needs to be that one that changes things. That this yeah. is this mistake too far. It's probably what the worst officiating mistake in Premier League history. Yeah. So this is the one where you look at yourselves and go, what can you change? Maybe Liverpool could look at it financial side of things. Like say they miss out on a title by one point again, that point cost them. Or they miss out on the Champions League, how much money that would yeah. cost them. But that is something that you look at months down the line and that would open up a whole different can of worms yeah. or, or what the club's going to do if they can sue for decisions like this. It needs to be more Let's turn this into a positive. Let's strive to make the game better. And it needed someone to say it. It was a strong statement from Liverpool. But it's what, 14 apologies now about VAR? Something ridiculous like that. There's so many things they are getting wrong. Something needs to change. And you needed someone like that to come out and say it. Because it would have been so easy to just go, oh, they made a mistake. They're a bit annoyed about it on the day. But the show goes on. No, you can't keep accepting it. It can't keep happening week after week with us having these conversations week after week. That, that that's what it is, isn't it, Matt? You know, I, I watched you watch Sky at the weekend, and, and Gary Neville, who hilariously has tweeted like, "Why are Liverpool doing that?" Spent the entire night on his soapbox about VAR. 
you know, words like incomprehensible are thrown around. We need an explanation. We need to be told more. An apology is an apology really enough? All you know, like he was saying it, Lineker said it, Shearer said it, every pundit, Redknapp was on the show, they all said it. You know, every pundit saying it. But then as soon as Liverpool go, yeah, yeah, we agree. So we're going to ask for more. They go, oh, darn, you can't, you've got to accept it. It's, yeah. it's part of the game. Why, why? Don't, don't cry it in. You know, like it's just, just move on. And, and I find that utterly bizarre. If it's good enough for Sky to debate for days on end, and they'll be debating this for the next several weeks. So will we, you know, we're the media. That's what we do. And, you know, the same for certain other journalists in other places who, who seem, who seemingly sort of, I don't know, a bit condescending about it. They will debate it. I'm sure they write columns about it. I'm sure they'll it'll be on their websites and in their newspapers. But Liverpool are the ones with the, the biggest stake in this. So why shouldn't Liverpool ask questions? Yeah, I think Liverpool had to say something. Um, I'm not quite sure what more they could have said or yeah. what more they could have done, really. I think it was the right thing to say something and not just ignore it and, and let the conversation take place without it. I mean, in terms of, of what can change, it, it's tricky other than what we've spoken about in terms of the, the VAR protocols, I think, can be, can be cleaned up. I mean... I've seen all sorts of, of ridiculous shouts of like just sack all the officials. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what do we do then, then lads? Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Let's do a lucky dip before the game. One fang and that's yeah. it. Joey yeah. Barton could ref it. I mean, yeah. you get ex pros in. We could get all the ex players in. They could come in and ref it. They know about football. None of no one else knows about football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's so. take away the rest completely and go back to the Tudor times where it's just a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fifty versus yeah, fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think Liverpool were right to to do the statement, but. It, it's a case now of, of what happens next, isn't it? What what do the PGMOL do to to change their processes? What happens with Darren England and you know various others in terms of the the next few weeks? I know they've been taken off games and, and things like that. I mean, it it just feels like something has to change. I'm not quite sure what that is and and what what the next step is, but I think yeah, there's definitely going to be a few more eyes on on Howard Webb. Like the issue is, it's all oh. Remember what it used to be like in the good old days. We keep looking back. Technology is here now. Embrace it. It needs to be improving for the future. Even if we weren't having all these debates and it was going relatively smoothly, its technology is only going to get better and better. So the game needs to move forward and embrace it more and more to get it into a state where we're not talking about the decisions. The errors aren't there and it is in a better position. So going back to what it was like 10 years ago, that is a massive step backwards and we're still having the same debates. We're still looking at the referees going, how have you come to that decision? Arguably more pressure is on them because they then don't have the technology. It's just you need to look forward and find a way to implement it better. As a part of that, I don't know exactly how this is going to work, but I know they've been experimenting with automated offsides and, and things like that. I think things like that will yeah. help and there are you know, improvements that can be made, but you don't want to leave in the meantime, uh, you know, as we said before, the kind of space for conspiracies to start brewing or, you know, sort of th th there's things that they can do yeah. now, which will instantly improve that process and improve just the, the transparency of it, which I think is, is probably what we're asking for, isn't it? When we say change, I think that's, that, that's probably a realistic yeah. thing yeah. that we can aim for. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Sean, before we, we move on from, from refereeing decisions, one more I want to discuss for Theo. You mentioned it before, Van der Ven. Um, I, you know, I've just watched that quite a few times back. And obviously, you know, at, at the time thought, ooh. But watching it back, you know, the Van, der Vike, Van Dijk won um, the other week at Newcastle, you know, wins the ball quite cleanly, but catches a bit of the man. So they said, well, you've caught the man, sending off um, decision. Van de Ven won, watching it back. It was clumsy. He runs into Gomez. He makes quite a lot of contact. He does maybe, just about, don't think it's conclusive, get a slight touch toe on the ball. But is that not the same situation? Are we not talking about two different, two, two of the same things? Similar. I mean, I'd have to watch it back again. My, my initial instinct was that there was a bit more around the man, whereas I thought Van Dijk was was kind of through the man. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I was in the camp of, if you look at Liverpool's four red cards this season, which I can't believe I'm saying already after seven Premier League yeah. games, I thought the Van Dijk one was was fairly cut and dry. And I can understand why him as a player at the time would have been livid because he, he, he felt that he got the ball. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think you can argue with it being denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. And, and to be honest, I would just look at all, all of the other three ones and, you know, said me piece on Curtis one already. The, the McAllister one was was obviously mad and got overturned. Um, the Jota one only got himself to blame for the second yellow, but the first one was was 
was not a yellow. Yeah. Um, and I know they can't VAR. overturn yellows. Can yeah. That's well, well, a ridiculous well, rule. Yeah. This is it. But I, I just think, you know, I said at the time after the McAllister one, um, and I've slightly moved on to the red cards now, but, but I'll go with it. Yeah. I, I thought at that point, Liverpool, that it was actually the best thing, not the best thing that could happen to them, but there, w- there was a way to make it a positive and that was, you got all the players on the pitch, you know, Endo came on, didn't he, and yeah. stuff like that. There was, you could see literally as the game played out, like the mentality and the togetherness building and, you know, indignation, they took that forward, they got the results and they carried on. Albeit after this game, they didn't get the results. I think if they'd held on for like what would have been one of the great points in, yeah. in Liverpool history, then it would have been brilliant. But everything Klopp can and should say after that game doesn't change. You know, no. it, it, rather than look what nine men did, they got a point. It's look look what had to happen to your team for a team to beat you. Yeah. You know, you had yeah. to go down to nine. You had to have a perfectly good, legitimate goal yeah. ruled offside. You had to have yeah, one red that was, you know, uh, we, we've all agreed. I don't think we think it was a red and another one where it shouldn't have been a second yellow, you know. And that's that's the message Liverpool have to take forward, whether there's other minor-ish ones in the game where you can quibble about. I think there probably are. But, you know, it, it, if any club can turn this into a positive, it's it's one led by Jürgen Klopp. Well, we we will we will discuss that in a moment. Um, thanks for ruining the order there. Sure. But um, <laughs> I asked you, ask you about penalty incident. Um, but before I do, I just want one final word on referees, which should go to you, Matt. Why do you do it? And, and I don't mean that in like a. I don't. But I don't mean that in like a. But it, but it's a serious question, you know. I, I think, and I think what people forget about this, and there's a lot of people going, England should be sacked, and it's a lot of nasty things being said on the internet, which is what generally happens on the internet, but. You know, it wasn't that long ago that I think a referee was was threatened, beaten up in, in Merseyside. These things happen yeah. uh, at grassroots level. Um, so we we do need to to think of how to make the process better to protect these people because not many people stick their hands in the air. Jerry Barton might, but not many people stick their hands in the air to, to get involved and do these things. Um, fair play to Jerry. But why do you do it? What 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 do you get out of it? For me, I, I really enjoy doing it. Um, I, I I did a thing a few months ago where Michael Oliver was was speaking, and he said, and I, I thought he put it perfectly: "If you like football, probably nine out of ten people would hate refereeing, but one out of ten would absolutely love it." So I think everyone should should give it a go, have a a, a bit of a, a try of it. I think it is, you know, um, it, it's a difficult job, but it's something that I find rewarding. It I find it exhilarating I think when you make a, a big call or if there's a, a last minute decision that you decide that the course of the game in, in terms of you getting that call right I think there is there's a real buzz about it I think it's you know a, a really a really enjoyable thing for me I, I appreciate it's not for, for everybody but I think this does you know play an important part of we all think that refereeing standards have to be better but the only way that refereeing standards get better is that more people do it. The reason it's so hard to become a Premier League footballer is because everyone plays football. Yeah. The standards are therefore much higher. If no one wants to be a referee, then obviously the standards at the top are not going to be quite what as good. What level are you so, up to when you're uh, So I, uh, because of, of my job and obviously the, the commitments that, that I have, I can't sort of go much higher. Um, so I'm right at the bottom in terms of, of the levels it might be something that I, I progress up and, and move up the, the levels as, as we go along but for me it's it, it's a hobby and it's something that I just enjoy doing yeah. um, but I, I, I just I don't think that the conversations particularly you know this season and, and maybe since VAR has, has come in around almost vilifying referees I don't think that that helps anyone um, I think it's a bit inevitable in terms of sort of the, the celebrity kind of element of it you know probably no one knew what Darren England looked like about two or three months ago but yeah. he's now in the Premier League he's he's had this he's probably on the back pages of, of all the newspapers yeah. so it's it's hard to, to get that balance right but I think if anyone enjoys playing football you should give it a go and I think as 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 a kind of group of, of people collectively who enjoy playing football we've got a responsibility really to to help young referees get into it you know we we need more people to do it the only way that you do that is to make it an environment where people want to do it it's really yeah. it's really that simple if, if we want refereeing standards to get better it's up to the game as a whole yeah. i think to make that happen yeah. you're going for howard webb's job here yeah. well, well this is it like we've just allowed the ref to uh you know, speak freely and show their human side. I think there's a bit of a lesson there. Isn't I didn't it? know he had a human side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, are you going to apologise? Or <laughs> uh, no, mean, no, well if, said. If Howard Webb's listening, I, I would, I'd love to to get involved with something where we could do a bit more of this transparency and we could talk. And it, it doesn't have to be 
Darren England or Michael Oliver. It can be anyone who's kind of got that understanding of it yeah. and can can sort of explain it to people. I think the the, the explanation is, is quite often what I find when I'm refereeing is that sometimes you'll give a decision and you know it's correct, but nobody else knows that it's correct. Mm. And that's that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, there was one, I did a game yeah, over, one, yeah. over the weekend, for example, where yeah. a penalty was given, that the penalty was correct. No one had a, an issue with that. But as the penalty was struck, one of the attackers came inside the D the ball went straight into the goal and all of the the team who saw this attacker come into the D were like well it, it's got to be got to be ruled out because he was was infringing it's not relevant he didn't become involved he didn't become active the ball went straight into the goal if the goalkeeper had saved it and had come back to him and he just yeah. scored then it would have been but you you've got to have those conversations and and sort yeah. of explain those things to people there was one probably last weekend as well curtis jones got injured um, against West Ham had to go off the pitch because he'd had treatment yeah, yeah. and nobody understood why he had to be off the pitch for so long well it's a new rule that they've brought in this season that they've got to be off unless the tackle that caused the injury is worthy of a yellow or red card they have to be off for 30 seconds to discourage time wasting yeah. cheating people going well, off the pitch that story of Jose Mourinho getting like Terry and Carvalho to both go down because yeah. if it's two down then you don't go off they have to wait for you to be better I think that that possibly might have, have been the case previously. I yeah, don't know whether it is now. Ago, that one, I think the one way you could get around it is the goalkeeper can go down because yeah. you know, obviously you can't you can't play thirty seconds without a goalkeeper. That would be that, that, unfair. That's fascinating, isn't it? And that 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 is a good reason why you know we we should have more transparency. You know, you've obviously just offered how Howard Webber column with the echo, which we'll take. <laughs> um, and and even I love the way as well as you've grown in your refereeing stature. Sean's taking the mic and now he's holding <laughs> the mic for you. I'm like the VAR. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm growing into this yeah, role. I'm enjoying it. To be honest, yeah, yeah. yeah so so fair play. Um, let's just move on. Just talk a bit about the performance um, because we not enough. I think has been said. And Sean, you, you said some good stuff when you ruined the order before. But but in general, the performance Theo was. It was exceptional, wasn't it? I mean, like in terms of a, a spirited performance, and, and I know they went one at Newcastle, they beat Bournemouth recently, and the, you know they've, they've obviously come back from, from goals down and stuff like that. But I can't really remember being as proud as of, of a team as as as, as uh, did on on Saturday evening. Yeah, as Sean said, it was like it would have been one of the best points they've ever won, mm. and like we've seen them celebrate lesser points, like the West Brom one's the one that yeah, comes yeah. to mind. This would have been like that pinnacle there. This is where you show it to future Liverpool players, future fans, yeah. and you'd all remember it. It's like everything that could go against Liverpool did go against Liverpool, and it took the final seconds and own goal to actually rob them yeah. of what a point that would have had them second in the league. You are proud of them for being resilient. And it wasn't the fact that they just went and did what so many clubs would do. Oh, we're down to 10 men. We're just going to defend now. But they tried to attack. They got the goal after falling behind. They never gave up. And it was only when Jota got sent off that they thought, oh, shut up, shop it. Yeah. Like, do Nunes was ready to come on before yeah, Jota yeah, got yeah. sent off. They were going to yeah. throw the dice, gamble again, and see if they could repeat what yeah. happened at Newcastle. And considering Liverpool was so much lacking this fighting spirit last year, like every little setback, oh, we're down and out now. We're falling behind in the fifth minute. We're going to lose this 3 0 now. Yeah. But that's gone completely. They've signed these new players, they've brought this energy, got the right attitude. They're all in it. It's such a group at the moment. I saw Nunes at the final whistle doesn't even get on whether he's wanting to have it out with the referee or he's banging his chest in front of yeah. the fans there was um, Endo won a free kick late on like he got elbowed in the face or something yeah. and he had Sabostlai and Trent like spurring the fans on hammering their chest like, it means so much to these players and it's strange that you could say after a defeat oh this means Liverpool the real deal now like James Madison came out and said how it was a hard fought win for them it shouldn't be that difficult no, against nine no. men Liverpool made it difficult yeah. and they've had to do it the hard way so many times this season and for all of them, they've, they've come through it and got the points. This was the first time they didn't, but this was that time where you confirmed they've got the mentality, monster spirit back. They will be right at the top end of the se- at the table come the end of the season, without a doubt. Like they're better than Tottenham. You know, you'd say they're going to be at least the second best team in this league. If they'd won on Saturday, they'd have been top. And then we're all thinking, oh, Liverpool can just go on an amazing run now and do what they've done in the past. And what makes it even more exciting is this is step one. Klopp said a few times, he doesn't know what to expect this season. He doesn't know how far they can fly. It's going to take time. Well, if this is step one, we could be at the start of another great year in Klopp's side. Yeah, yeah, I mean, big part of that, uh, Matt, is that they've signed. There's been a lot of talk about the way Liverpool sign players. A lot of people upset about certain elements of the, of the transfer process at Liverpool but what they have signed is characters haven't they you know yeah. you look at Sabozlai you look at McAllister you look at Nunes and these are people Gakpo I think who go into that 
they they are characters and then people like Trent have grown into more of a role I think Van Dyke is, is relishing the captaincy Alisson is obviously awesome. they, they, these are players who you feel like mentality monsters is thrown around quite often now but there's a bit about that about them isn't there yeah yeah I think it was really interesting the way that they reacted collectively to, to go in a man down first and, and even just something as simple as last season I don't think that would have happened no. mentally but physically as well I mean yeah. Dominic supposed to like basically every game does the running of two players even if they're not down to 10 men he's so incredible. he's just a, a remarkable like diagonal passes as well yeah. just the quality yeah. the ability yeah the the, the yeah. ability to, to do that having just sprinted 50 yards to get there and yeah. then keep your composure and then do that I think that's you don't really see that many players where they combine both of those elements. It, it, it's really interesting that he can do that. I mean, McAllister as, as well is not one that you typically think of as being able to to get about the pitch, but he's physically able to, to do that. So in both ways, it, it's just a complete transformation from last season in terms of the mentality, the physicality, their ability to, to do that. And I think, like you said before, it, it makes you feel proud of them. It makes you feel like they collectively know that they've been wronged here. I'm sure Brighton as well, they got yeah. absolutely hammered, didn't they, against Aston Villa over the weekend. Yeah. So next weekend, they'll they'll both want to bounce back. But I think for Liverpool, you know, even when they play Tottenham at Anfield, I mean, just, just imagine what the crowd is yeah. going to be like, what the players are going to be yeah. like. It's... I think there's definitely something in that you, you kind of need that a little bit at certain times. Yeah. This yeah. will be a game we look back on and go, this is yeah. the moment where... Yeah. It, yeah, it, the rest. It, it wouldn't yeah. surprise you if they now went on a run of, of so many games. They, yeah. they're, they're already on a run until what happened at the weekend. But I think this this could be a real moment for them this season. And Sean, the final word, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a shame. They play Thursday. We, we haven't picked teams. We haven't done all that. But I think people will forgive us in the circumstances. Yeah. But, you know, they play Thursday. It's kind of annoying that they don't get back into Premier League action straight away. Because, like Matt said, Brighton obviously will want to prove something having just lost heavily but Liverpool will be desperate for, I mean whoever's left standing for Liverpool but will be desperate to get back in there won't they and, and, and sort of just channel that that injustice into into a performance yeah 100% and I think it does put a little bit more pressure on for that for that Brighton game just because the unbeaten run has ended and, and I think don't know about you guys but I looked at these two games the two tricky away Spurs and Brighton thought four points from them or better, yeah. obviously, and Liverpool are flying. Yeah. Whereas now I'm thinking, if, if it turns out to only be one, then going into an international break, you're left to stew on that a little bit. And it's it'll, it will be frustrating, but everything we've said about the messages and you know what should be being talked about in Kirby this week and, and the pride completely is true and, and all resonates. My, my thing is, I think Klopp has been slightly cheeky with the whole Liverpool 2.0, you know, year one stuff because... Yeah. It's okay. The midfield, obviously, we've seen a, a complete transformation there, and you know Curtis has, has also emerged as an absolute key man now. And missing him for a few games is is, is a bad one. But uh, the, what the effect on all the other members of the squad and how it's re-energized them and, and set them a new challenge? You know, freshness freshness in the dressing room and yeah. on the training ground, I think, is a massive thing. And um, you can point at several players for that, but I think Matip's, Matip's a big one and that's why it was so unlucky yeah. that it was him slicing that cruel um, Ogian at the end of the game because I think he's been he's been great when he's yeah. been called upon and you know, Joe Gomez the same, but as I say, you can look across the entire squad. So yeah, just hope um, the, the second string, which I'm sure it will be on Thursday, yeah. does a job and then it's it's a decent result on at the weekend. Well, Jones and then... Jota will have to start that one because they'll be suspended for the weekend, you'd imagine. So yeah. that's yeah. a great yeah. chance. It's the only chance uh, Jones is going to have to play for the next month, the Europa League. That's to true. go and be a leader in that, show that's the spirit point. and bounce back and carry Liverpool over the line in something else. Yeah. Indeed. And, and hopefully Cody Gakpo's injury isn't too bad and, and Nunes... I need to give him a word yeah. as well in his yeah. spirit. Like, yeah. You saw he was badly limp. He was already hurt before he yeah. gets that. He could yeah. have easily been down on the floor. Gets up and scores a great yeah. goal. On great the goal. I mean... Uh, uh, we haven't really spoken about much football, but yeah, I mean, again, Gakpo, the forwards have just consistently contributed this season, haven't they? You know, and whether if one of them isn't quite firing or is a bit unlucky, another one scores. And I thought Gakpo coming in, a lot of us thought Nunes could and should have started, but Gakpo came in and had to decisive say again so incredible um, we will leave it there because I think we could sit here all day um, hopefully we've covered enough topics we'll be back on Friday to talk about the Europa League and look ahead to Brighton and probably still rant about referees gents thanks very much see you then Ta-ra. you've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo